your Bibles and uh, open them up to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Today we conclude our three weeks in this chapter as we uh, <clears throat> work through four different chapters in the Bible that we should know. And we've been looking at 1 Corinthians 15 and we'll conclude this chapter today. In the chapter, we have been reminded of the gospel. At the beginning, the Apostle Paul uh, talks about the gospel of Jesus Christ, that uh, he died for our sins, and that he conquered death and rose again, and that if we believe that good news, that gospel message, and believe in this Jesus, we will be saved. Then we learned, as the chapter goes on, that because Jesus rose from the grave, because he conquered death, those who belong to him, who have believed the gospel, will also experience resurrection. Death will not win over the people of God. They will rise again, because Jesus rose again. And not only rise again, but Paul tells us that we will, at that time, at the resurrection, receive from God a new body. A brand new body. And we will live with him forever in that body. And in verse 35 of the chapter, Paul asks a question that we probably all would ask. And that is, as you see in verse 35, someone may ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? If by believing the gospel, believing in Jesus Christ, being saved, having the promise of being resurrected and getting a new body, that's all true, then what will that body be like? What, what will that new body Body, be. And finally, after three weeks, we're going to see the answer. The Apostle Paul is going to conclude the chapter by answering that question of verse 35. What kind of body will we have after the resurrection? In what kind of body will we live forever with Jesus? I'll make you wait just another minute. Let's pray. <clears throat> Our Father, we thank you for the hope of salvation, the hope of resurrection, the hope of eternal life with you. And Father, we thank you for this truth about a new body that you will give to your people in which we will live with you. Father, um, I pray that you would excite us today as we see what kind of body this will be. Increase our hope. Increase our anticipation, Father. Increase our desire to honor and serve you because of this truth. That's our prayer. 
In Christ's name, amen. Did anybody read the Daily Bread this morning? Anybody read it? If you did, you'll, you'll get this question I'm going to ask you. Today, are you feeling dusty? Remember reading that? Are you feeling dusty? Um, the devotional was about a man who was in a meeting, and apparently they were talking about how they were doing, and that's how he expressed how he was doing. I'm feeling dusty. What did he mean? Well, he went on to talk about how uh, he and his wife are getting up there in age and they're starting to have all these physical um, problems and that uh, in the last months and the last year, um, there had been many doctor visits. There had been a, a number of procedures and surgeries. And even at the time of that meeting, their home was being prepped to have uh, some caregivers come in to take care of them. And so what he meant by I'm feeling dusty is he was thinking of when the scripture says we were created from the dust, from dust we came, and to the dust we'll return. And the things that they were going through were just reminding them of the corruption that sin brought into this world, even concerning our physical bodies, that we get older and uh, there's disease and, and there's weakness and there's all these things that, that happen to us, our body, because of the corruption of sin. And like, uh, like Paul talks about in Romans chapter 8 and 2 Corinthians 5, in these bodies, as time goes on, we groan, we struggle in these bodies. Anybody groaning right now in your bodies? Um, yeah, we live in these corrupted bodies because of sin and we struggle in them. And, and uh, the longer we're living, the more problems there seems to be with those bodies as they move toward that time that we call death. And the grave. The exciting thing, though, is that there's a great hope for us, for us who have believed the gospel and trusted Jesus, who died for us and rose again, trusted him for salvation. We have the hope. We have forgiveness. We have the hope of eternal life. But we also have this hope of receiving a new body at the resurrection. And again, the question is, what will that body be like? So let's find out. Paul begins to answer that question here in verse 36. Let me read uh, verse 36 to 42. And what he's going to start with are some illustrations. <clears throat> he's going to use some illustrations from uh, the world of the creation of nature and even even the heavens, the uh, the universe. So let's just look at his illustrations here. Verse 36. After asking the question, what kind of body will they come? How foolish, he says. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. 
But God gives it a body as he has determined. And to each kind of seed he gives its own body. All flesh is not the same. Men have one kind of flesh. Animals have another. Birds another. And fish another. There are also heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind. Splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor. The moon another. And the stars another. And star differs from star in splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. So with these illustrations, what is, what is Paul saying about the new body? Well, he gives us three principles. The first principle is that death comes first before the resurrection. Makes sense, doesn't it? You don't have a resurrection unless there's been a death. So he says, as he begins to talk about this illustration of of nature, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. Many of us eventually are going to be planting seeds. All right. Some of you probably had and they're in your house. But eventually we're going to be planting seeds of all kinds. And we know that if you plant um, seeds of corn, seeds of peas, seeds of some herbs, what you put in the soil is not what's going to come out, right? There's going to be a difference there. What's going to happen is you're going to put seed in the ground and it's actually going to die. There's going to be a a corrupting that takes place. But then eventually it starts resurrecting life. But the principle is death comes first. The planting comes first before the resurrection and the life that is brought forth. There's another principle he brings then is this difference continuity principle. And I don't know if you caught it, but what he's saying when he talks about creation is that there are all kinds of different bodies that come out. Okay? And, and I think what he's trying to say is there's going to be a difference in the resurrection body. Um, in the resurrection, you're not going to all end up looking like me, okay? Um, we all look different, right? We all have different appearance. And let me tell you, from my understanding of Scripture, your new body will be you. It won't be somebody else. You will rise again. The new body will be you. It's going to be different, And we'll see a description of the difference. But it will be you. Just like when you put that corn seed in the ground, it looks one way. But when that corn rises and comes out, it looks different, right? But it's still corn. It's still what you planted. So there's difference What comes out of the ground is different than what you put in the ground, but it's the same. It continues to be corn. 
And I think through the illustration, that's something that Paul is telling the Corinthians, that death must come before resurrection. And your new body that will come forth in the resurrection will be different from the body that is put in the ground. But it will still be you. You know, if Marlon is put in the ground at death, it will be Marlon who is raised just a different new Marlon body. I look forward to that. But that's kind of the principle here. It's the death principle. Death has to come before resurrection. It's the difference continuity principle. The body that will come, the new body, is different than the one you have now. But it's the same you. It will be you in a different new body. And also he, he makes a point to say that there's a principle here concerning sovereign choice. Did you see that in nature when it comes to planting and then what comes from that? In verse 38, he says, but God gives it a body as he has determined. It's God who, who decides what corn looks like, what rutabagas look like, what sunflowers look like. He's the sovereign. He's the creator. He will determine what it looks like. When you and I rise again, we who know Christ, we will rise to have a new body, and God will determine what that looks like. God is the one who creates that new body. It's his sovereign choice. You, you can't, uh, you know, if, if you ever go to Sulu's coffee shop up in Tower, you know that when you come in, there's a counter, and on it are these slips of paper. You can custom order your own sandwich. Okay? You can't custom order your own new resurrection body. You know? The sovereign God will determine what that body is like. And I guarantee, because he's a good God, it will be a good body. Um, on your sheet, you have this quote from Eric Sauer. He says, the graveyards of man are the seed plots for the resurrection. Isn't that an interesting um, way to put it? You go to a cemetery and you see the seed plots for resurrection. Seeds have been planted. Someone has died and been put in the ground. But the day is coming when there will be a resurrection of those who know the Lord to a new body. Uh, if you're familiar with uh, Johnny Erickson Tata, you know that she has spent most of her life in a wheelchair because of a diving accident when she was 17. And uh, the rest of her life, many, many years in a wheelchair. And she talks about how she and her husband, Ken, have already purchased their uh, cemetery plots. And she tells of her and Ken going to visit their cemetery plot. And... Uh, she steered her powered wheelchair 
over to where her grave site is, and she parked it right on top of that site where she will be buried. And she said it became a holy moment because she said, I realized that this isn't where I will be buried so much as this is where I will experience resurrection. And she told her husband, it's like this is holy ground. Yes, my body will be buried there someday. But then the day will come when my body will rise here and become new. Uh, What a way to look at a cemetery plot. It's holy ground because the holy God will raise me to a new body. And Paul says, death has to happen first before that resurrection. In the resurrection, what comes out, the body you will be given, it'll be different than the one that was in the ground. But it'll still be you. It'll be you with a brand new body in which you will live with Jesus forever. Then he describes that body, the new body. Let me start with verse 42. He says, So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man from heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. The earthly man he's talking about is Adam. He names him. The heavenly man is who? Jesus. And here you have a description. You might want to make a list on your paper of the descriptions Paul gives us of our new bodies. So you have it visually. Here is a list of the descriptions, the things that will be true of our new resurrected bodies. He says they will be imperishable. This body we have now is perishable. And eventually it will perish. But he says the new body that we receive will be imperishable. It will never perish. It will go on. He says the new body will be raised in glory. It will be glorious. It will be brilliant. It will be incredible. The first body is put in the ground in dishonor. It has become weak, 
it has failed and it's buried in dishonor, but it will rise and the new body will be glorious. Brilliant. He says, the old body will be buried in weakness. The new body, power. There will be something about that new body that includes power, not weakness. He says, the new body will be spiritual. The body that's buried will be natural. The new body will be spiritual. Be a whole different dynamic about that body. It'll be spiritual. And then in verse 49, he says, So shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. Our new body will bear the likeness of Jesus. What does that mean? Well, take a look at Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 20, Philippians 3.20. Paul says, Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Our new bodies will be like Jesus' glorious body. Our resurrected bodies will be like Jesus' resurrected body. John says in 1 John 3, we will see him like he is when he comes, and we will be like him. Not only in character, but in body. We will have a new body that's after the likeness of Jesus' resurrected body. What do we know about that resurrected body of Jesus? Well, first of all, we know it was recognizable. It had flesh and bones. Remember, he said to the disciples after the resurrection, I'm not a ghost. Look at me. I have flesh. I have bones. He even ate in his glorious resurrected body. He still had scars. Remember? Touch me. See the scars in his glorious body. But then there were some things about his resurrected body that were very different. For instance, he was able to show up in a room where the doors were closed and locked. How would you like to be able to do that? Well, if our body is going to be in the likeness of Christ's glorious body, and that was true of his resurrected body, there's going to be some differences that are going to be pretty neat, I think. right? And so we will have a body that is like his resurrected body. In Revelation, we are told the bodies we will have that we will live forever in will never die, imperishable. There will be no pain in those bodies. And there will be no tears coming from those bodies. That's different. But that will be the case with our new bodies. Never die, 
no pain, no tears. So there are a number of things that we know about the new body that Paul has listed here and we see in those other scriptures. Verses 50 to 57. What Paul does now, he's given us some illustrations from nature that helps us understand this new body. He's given just specific descriptions, maybe not in great detail that we would like, you know, but some really great descriptions. We can see our body's going to be very different, this new body. Then, starting in verse 50, he gives some facts. I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. We will not all die. But we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we, the living, will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Four facts in that last part of this chapter. First of all, verse 50, flesh and blood, the human body, cannot handle eternity. There is no way our human bodies can handle eternity. And so Paul goes on to say, that body has to be changed. That body has to be changed, and we have to receive a new body that can handle the presence of God, that can handle eternity and what eternity will be like. We're not going to be spirits floating around. We are going to have bodies, but it's going to be a body that can handle eternity, and flesh and blood cannot. A human body cannot. And so we must receive the new, imperishable, immortal body. It's a fact. That's why we need a new body. This one can't handle eternity. Second fact, verses 51 and 52. Those who have died in Christ will be raised and changed. Anyone who has died in Christ, who dies knowing Jesus Christ, with his salvation... They will be raised from the dead and changed, receive the new body. Fact number three, verses 52 and 53. Those in Christ who are living, who are still living when Jesus comes, and we have the resurrection, those still living will be changed and caught up, receive a new body. Not just those who have died in Christ. They'll be raised and receive a new body when Christ comes but also those who are still living at the time will be changed. They'll receive that new body and be caught up. Uh, Paul describes that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. That's what he's referring to here. And then the fourth fact, verses 54 to 57, at that time death will be conquered. Death will lose. Death will be 
conquered. There will be victory over death. The grave and death cannot hold God's people. Couldn't hold Jesus. It won't hold God's people. They will be raised and changed and be with Jesus forever. Those still living will be changed, taken up to be with Jesus forever, all with this new body for eternity. And that's our hope. You know, we Christians talk about hope. That's our hope. We are convinced of a future good. And this is it. The hope of resurrection. The hope of life with Jesus forever. And experiencing that in this new body that the Lord will give us. That's our hope. Victory over death. Death couldn't hold Jesus. It won't be able to hold his people. I want to show you a short video clip. This is a clip. You probably aren't going to recognize this lady. You probably haven't heard of her unless you're into ballet. But she apparently was a very famous ballerina. Her name was Marta Gonzalez. She eventually had Alzheimer's. And as you know, because of that, her mind and her body began to slowly um, pass away, really. And one day, she's in a wheelchair, and you'll be able to see that this disease has done its work on her mind and body. But one day, a young man plays a song for her on his phone. And uh, the song was Swan Lake by Tchaikovsky. I have no clue what that is, but if you're into classical music and ballet, you probably know. But he, he played for her this song, Swan Lake. And I want you to see what happened. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it has nothing to do with resurrection. But it just touched my heart because it made me think of the fact that these bodies, because they're corrupted by sin, are dying. And uh, they're groaning. And some of us have seen with our own eyes. You know, I think of my dad. When I watch that. And then I think of the resurrection. You know, my, my dad's um, weak body that was just wasting away is now planted in a resurrection plot by a country church. And the day is coming. When that will become holy ground because he loved Jesus. And he will be resurrected and receive a brand new body. 
with a brand new mind and brand new strength. It will be an incredible body. And it will be a body that's him. But it will be like the glorious body of Jesus. A resurrected body. And in that body, he will live with Jesus forever. That was his hope. That is my hope. That will be my experience. Because I know Jesus. And I will see him again. Not in that wheelchair. But both of us with our new bodies. Living together with Jesus. It's my hope and many of you have that same hope, right? Same hope. Keeps some of us going. Keeps us going through that groaning in these bodies. It's hope. The hope of resurrection, the hope of that new body with Jesus forever. Is it your hope? I hope it is. If it is, wonderful. If it isn't, as Paul said in the first part of the chapter, you receive this hope through the gospel of Jesus Christ. He died for you, for your sins, that you could be forgiven and have a relationship with God, be saved. He rose again. He conquered death so that he can help you conquer death and experience resurrection and a new body. Surrender your life to him today. Receive that hope, that resurrection hope. Uh, There's one more verse. Paul ends this lengthy chapter. Verse 58. He says, Therefore, my dear brothers, Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And on your sheet, I, uh, I took the liberty of doing my paraphrase. I looked at all the translations, all the different versions I have in my office of this verse, and I kind of took the best of all of them and combined them and, and put that last verse in my own words Here's what I came up with. So my Christian friends, since everything I have written here is true, that Christ is alive and we will be raised from the dead to receive new eternal bodies, let us show our gratitude for this hope by enthusiastically serving the Lord with all the strength and courage he gives. Remember, Nothing you do for the Lord is a waste of time or effort. It actually makes sense. What he has done for us and the hope he gives us through salvation, it makes sense that we would serve him. with all our hearts until our last day. No excuses. Let's pray. Father, hope is such a wonderful thing.
Some here have experienced what it's like to live in hopelessness. And they've experienced then what it's like to enter a relationship with you and experience hope. Thank you, Father, for the hope of resurrection. Thank you for the hope of a new body from you. Thank you for the hope that in that body, that glorious body, we will live with you. With Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, forever. And that we will be together with all the others who had that same hope. To dwell in your house forever. Thank you. I pray that if someone here doesn't have that hope, Lord, let this be the day, let this be the time when they surrender their life to you for forgiveness and salvation and this hope. In Christ's name, amen.